Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Amber and my website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. My website and my healing work is focused on core wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union sessions and transformational calls and readings. I'm a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. I've been a Reiki master teacher for the last 10 years and I've been running my own healing practice since 2008. These podcasts have been running since 2013 and they're a way to share my musings, some teachings and learnings along the way and to inspire. So first of all, I just want to say thank you to all of you that listen to these podcasts and send in your messages of support. They are gratefully and graciously received and it's it's lovely to get that feedback. So thank you very much. So today's podcast is... Um, it's on the subject of twin flames or sacred union, however you want to, whichever term you want to use, whichever term you're more comfortable with. And it's top 10 ways to come into union with our beloved. So in no particular order, I'm going to run you through some top 10 observations that I've made about sacred union and how we can facilitate sacred union and call our beloved to us and come into harmonious union with our beloved. These are things that it's important on our journey to sacred union that we start to embrace and embody. These are very important considerations when it comes to maintaining the high vibration of the relationship. Because if any of these things aren't really looked at or embraced, the vibration of the relationship will lower and there will be a lot of outside interference and the union simply won't last. It won't withstand that. Not because it's not strong enough, but because the vibration at which the union needs to uh, operate at is such a pure vibration that anything that is less than that pure vibration is just going to cause a dissonance. And it's that dissonance that will then start to create cracks in the union. And that's not to say that they can't be remedied or that you will come apart immediately, but it will start to be an erosion of the connection. So here we go. I think there's some others that might um, come along the way, but, um, but these are the top 10 that I've noticed. So the first one is to clear out, to make peace with all exes. Now, I have done another podcast on what it takes to step into a new relationship, and it's worth listening to that one. But this is about making peace with our exes. So it involves, you know, clearing your space of anything that connects you to ex-partners and lovers. And that includes social media, phones, laptops, tablets, and so on. Uh, Gifts, presents, books, pieces of jewelry, even that favorite dress or that favorite suit that you wore on your first date with them or that favorite piece of jewelry that reminds you of them you know even things like that things that feel like they have a tenuous link all of that needs to go so that you're you're creating a clean slate you're you're putting the past to rest and you're ready to step into this new relationship this new union it also means creating a level of peace with your exes so whether that's having a conversation with them in person or sending them a message or simply having that conversation in your mind or writing a letter but never sending it it's just finding what feels the most peaceful thing that you can do that's not going to cause harm to another it's not going to stir the pot again and create some kind of drama but it's going to have a closure effect on things I don't think closure is something that we can force 
And and I think often what happens is we want to force the door closed because we were desperate to move on in our lives. And I, I think closure is is more like having peace around the way things turned out and why they turned out a certain way. Sometimes it's hard to um, to close the door on certain people in our lives because we still have feelings for them. And I think that's perfectly okay. You know, if we love someone deeply, that love doesn't just go away. We don't just shut off that part of our heart that loved them. But we 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 tend to it and we learn, we acknowledge, we make peace with the fact that we may not be able to be in a relationship with them at this point. And we give up the yearning and the hoping that it's going to happen some at some point in the future because all that does is it stops us from living in the present and from getting on in with our lives. And some people will say that what if this peace, this sort of, you know, making peace with exes actually involves making peace with one's beloved or the person that we believe is our beloved. Um, and I do hear that a lot in sacred union calls with clients, you know, often clients that I work with feel that they met the one and then it just didn't work out, but they can't keep holding on because it's too painful. So that's why I think it's not about kind of, you know, getting that door and slamming it shut and putting a chair up against it and then a bar up against it and, you know, forcing the matter. It's just about having a sense of acceptance in our hearts that it's just not meant to be at this time. And yet situations can always change as our vibration changes. Um, but if we get fixated on needing to be with a certain person, then all we do is end up pushing them away. And we end up kind of creating blocks in our life to true happiness and to true movement, you know, the forward flow of energy. The second is to um, focus on clearing out our internal system. So that could mean a, a fasting program or an inner cleanse or a detox. It also means an emotional cleanse and a mental cleanse. You know, what are the thoughts that we're thinking that aren't really helping us, that aren't serving us? What are the emotions that we're caught up in feeling that aren't serving us? And how can we start to clear these from our body and our minds? And it could be that we clear these emotions through therapy or through healing sessions um, it could be through creative practices and similarly with with thoughts and thought patterns again it could be through seeing a healer through meditation practice um, through putting our attention somewhere else you know we can sometimes get so fixated with thinking certain things that we forget that there's other things in the world that we can think about and place our energies on and then clearing our inner system it is worth very much so looking at what we consume you know what are we putting into our bodies um, our diet um, the foods that we eat and, and actually, that's one of the other ones that I'm I'm going to have in our top 10 um, that I'll guide you through. But it's so it's about a cleanse on all levels, a cleansing of our system, a cleansing of our bodies. Then the third one is to have a period of time in our life where we undergo celibacy, a kind of spiritual abstinence of um, uh, of sexual interaction, of dating, of fantasizing, um, of flirtation. Now, we're not doing this to punish ourselves and we're not doing this because a religion has told us to do it. We're doing this so that we can start to really know what our energy is. You know, who are you when you're not in connection with someone else? Who are you when you're not lusting after someone else or heartbroken over someone? Who are you when you're not in flirtation mode, when your sexual energy isn't being used to draw to you another person? And what is it that you can start to do with that sexual energy that can create change in your life from creativity to abundance to, you know, better health um, to greater friendships? It's about using that energy in other ways rather than just having it directed in one way. 
It also means that you're clearing your energy field of any of any um, hooks of any other energies because it can get quite messy, you know, it's and, and we live in a world where our energy field can get very messy, especially with social media and with online dating and, and things like that. Um, and sometimes a period of abstinence from all of these things can really allow us to come back to who we are, to really recharge our batteries, to really regather, but also to get very clear on our sexual frequency, our sexual energy, and then get really clear on what it is that we want in a partner. Um, and when we are clean and clear and in that space, then we are better placed to be able to draw to us that which is of the same resonance as us. But if we are surrounded by all these other energies and some positive and some not, we're just drawing to us a, a kind of mishmash of energy. So it's always really important, I think more so these days than ever before, to start to get really energetically clear and sexually clear so that we can start to draw to us that which is of the highest vibration that is off us. But we can't do that until we have reached that vibration ourselves. The fourth one is to look at what we're consuming and which energies are we ingesting. So it is in this podcast, you know, what are you, what are you, what are you consuming? Um, And the podcast is on the podcast channel, but um, it's very much thinking about what energies are we taking in from the energies of alcohol to drugs, to food, to the music that we listen to, the films that we watch, the books that we read, the music um, that we might be uh, singing, you know, um, dancing to. Uh, the songs that go round and round in our head and so on. So I've talked about this before in other podcasts, but, you know, the food that we consume, it's important, it's very important that the food that we consume is of a high vibration. That doesn't always mean shopping organically if we can't afford it. It does mean blessing our food. So saying a, a little prayer or setting an intention for the food that we eat, that it be of the highest resonance for us and that it replenish us and it heal us and it give us everything that we need. It does mean shopping mindfully. So, you know, if we choose to shop at supermarkets and give our money to big corporations that are really just selling us food that has been non-organically farmed, is full of pesticides, um, food that's been made in a laboratory pretty much, then, then, you know, we're making an active choice to consume that which is not for our highest good. But if we go to our local green grocer or, you know, we grow our own vegetables um, or we go to our local farmer's market, then then at least we know that what we're consuming uh, has possibly probably a higher vibration well that's not for me to applaud the farming industry because as you know I have talked about the brutality that goes on in the farming industry when it comes to animals and I think that's another thing to think about um I have said this in other podcasts, but many, many spiritual texts will say that the reason why meat is something that is often off the diet when we follow a spiritual path is not because it's dirty. So it's not because pigs are dirty or, you know, cows are dirty or anything like that. It's because we're consuming the energy of fear and death. Now, back in the day, our ancestors will have tracked animals and hunted them down for their for their dinner. But they weren't tracking animals and hunting them down for their dinner every day you know, flesh wasn't being consumed in the same way that it is being consumed now. So there was a process and a humility and a a power and a a paradoxically a kind of gentleness, a real connection with the animal that needed to happen in order to track it, to be able to kill it. You needed to be so at one with the animal that you could be one step ahead of it in order to kill it. And it took a lot of bravery. It took a lot of courage to do this. Um, and, and And a strong stomach to be able to do it. These days, none of us are killing our own uh, our own food you know we're not going out there and slashing the throats of pigs and cows and 
ducks and chickens and so on. We're just going to the supermarket and buying it in cellophane. But what we're consuming is the energy of fear and death. There is a documentary out there, one of many called Dominion, which is really worth watching, um, which takes you into the farming industry across the world. And I was horrified when I watched this. I really didn't realize that animals were treated in this way because what we see is the picture of the happy cow or the happy chicken running around through fields. And we think, well, this chicken's really happy. And a few eggs were taken from the chicken and that's what I'm eating. But actually, if we logically think about it, how could that possibly be true when we think about how much we're consuming and over-consuming? So these animals are not living fulfilled lives. They're living sad, sad, tortured, brutalized lives where they're denied companionship, they're denied sunlight, they're denied their natural habitat, they're denied each other, their babies are pulled away from them. Um, they go through such horrible, horrible pain and they die in such a horrible, painful, traumatic way that just on a biological chemical level, all those stress hormones are released into their body and their bloodstream just before death. And that's what we're consuming. So even if we don't care about the fact that these animals had suffered, we're still consuming that energy and that's going to have an impact on us. It's going to do something to our energy field. It's going to bring the energy of fear and trauma and suffering and anxiety into our bodies. Um, but more than that, if we want to come into harmonious union with our beloved and be in a union that is of the highest vibration, that requires us to be vibrating at a, at a high vibration. And how can we possibly be at that vibration when we're busy endorsing the torture and the death of sentient beings that look to us to be their caretakers, to look after them? So I think it's very important, point number four, that we look at what we're consuming and are we consuming the energies of fear and death? That includes what we watch, you know, like horror films, violent films, the music that we listen to, the lyrics that we're listening to, um, the perfumes that we use, the skincare that we use, the clothes that we wear. Everything has an energetic frequency to it and it's time that we got really awake about this and really clean about this and had integrity in terms of what we are putting into our bodies. Because we can't hope to be in harmonious union with our beloved if we lack integrity any place in our lives. The fifth one is to make peace with our past. So um, again, this isn't about forcing ourselves to forgive if we feel that one, we are unable to forgive things that have happened to us. But it is about finding a sense of peace around it, even if that sense of peace is accepting that we're still in transition or we're still working through something. Um, even if that sense of peace is needing to block certain people out of our lives for a period of time. Making peace with our past then is about uh, creating space in our lives for something new to step in. If we're holding on to the past, if we've got resentment and anger over situations or, um, or people from our past, then we're unable to view the present in a positive way. We're unable to allow the present to be something that can be fulfilling for us, that can be love-filled for us. And if we're holding on to resentment in any way, of anger in any way, energetically that's going to push away our beloved from us. It's going to push that union as far away from us as is possible. So again, in terms of making peace then... <clears throat> excuse me, the the thing to do is, you know, seek out a healer, go into meditation, um, you know, do your releasing practices, uh, get a therapist, you know, whatever it is that you need to do to start to make peace with your past, get on it, because this is what's going to really help you to start to draw to you your divine counterpart. The next one is to have a spiritual practice. 
This is really important. So it's important to have um, that daily practice that plugs you in. It's your source of energy. It's like charging up your phone or your laptop. You know, if you let the battery run low and you're still trying to do some work, it's it's just it's not going to happen. You know, the, the, the system's going to keep crashing. So you've got to make sure that that battery gets charged up to full every day, whether that's a physical practice like yoga or qigong or anything like that, or it's a meditation practice or it's a combination of all of those things. Um, I certainly recommend having a look at 21 Days to a Daily Practice, which is on my website. But also, you know, seek out a practitioner who can help you. I often do this work with clients in the transformation calls. We just kind of go through the different ways that they can have a daily practice in their life that works with their life. And that's what's important. You know, your daily practice needs to be a part of your life, not something that you tag on to your life because you feel it's a cool thing to do. It needs to be something that, you know, it's an extension of who you are. The next one is to align with your life purpose or your life mission. Now, I have a whole podcast on life mission and life purpose, and it's a big chunk of work that I offer, which is the life purpose program. Why this is so important is that when we align with our life purpose, when we align with why we're here, everything starts to line up. The people that we socialize with, the conversations that we have, the things that we watch, the things that we listen to, the foods that we eat, like everything needs to just line up because we're on a we're walking a path and we can either walk that path and take lots of little you know um detours or we can walk that path and walk it with deliberation and stick to the path what tends to happen is we walk that path but we're making lots of detours and those detours are bleedings of energy and the detours are things where we get confused oh this isn't my life mission or oh, nobody else is doing this what, what if nobody believes in it what if i won't succeed at it and those detours those those confusions, those doubts, they're not our truth. You know, we come to this planet with a blueprint of what we're here to do and how we can do it. We know that. But along the way, we forget. And along the way, we get distracted. And we get told that we can't do certain things or we're not good enough to do certain things. You know, I, I remember when I was at, um, when I was at school um, being bullied because I didn't... Um, I didn't have the the singing voice that that everyone thought I should have. You know, I I kind of I I sort of faltered between soprano and alto, and we couldn't quite find what my range was. And I was very shy, so I really didn't embrace all the solos and things like that. And years and years and years later, when I trained in shamanism, my main way of healing became through song, became through the drum and the rattle and through my voice and that's how I've healed in sessions for years and those that have worked with me know that what that's like you know and it's not as if I'm forcing something to happen I just allow spirit to move through me but if I'd listened to what people had said to me years ago I'd never have even done that because they told me I couldn't sing they told me that my voice wasn't good enough I got told that my speaking voice was horrible and that I spoke in the wrong way and that my diction was wrong I got told that my posture was wrong I got told that the color of my skin was wrong I got told that all the things that I wanted to do I was reaching for the moon and it was never really going to happen and every step of the way I had to not only push away the things that people were saying to me that were completely damaging but I had to push away my own fears and my own instabilities and insecurities and vulnerabilities and sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's harder to do but it's important that we keep sticking to what we believe that we're here to do. And when we do that, we will be met. We will be met by those who also believe in that vision. We will be met by those who wish to support us. And we will be met 
by our beloved and they will meet us in that place and they will match us in our power because we are walking our path with integrity and with power and with truth um, and with courage. So it's really, really important. If I was going to put anything at the top of this list, it would be life purpose. It's why I'm so passionate about the life purpose work because once you find it, no one and nothing can pull you off course. They'll try, but you'll keep going because you know what you're here to do. And I think we often doubt what we're here to do. We often think, who am I to have this dream or this vision? Or We feel that it's unattainable or we feel that it's stupid and no one's ever going to listen to us. And Or sometimes we just don't have clarity on what it is because it isn't always to build that hospital or run that charity. You know, sometimes our mission is to awaken, to inspire, to spread love in the world. And we get confused on how we can do that because there's so many different ways that we can do that. But I think the, the thing to always go back to is, is what is it that gets you motivated? You know, I know for me, what gets me motivated is the underdog, defending the underdog. But it's also what gets me motivated is waking people up. You know, instead of getting frustrated and looking around at the world and just being amazed at what a zombie state we're in, I get excited by, by planting seeds that trigger people. And I don't care if it triggers people in a negative or a positive way. The point is that it triggers people to start to have that dialogue. And maybe they'll attack me and say that I'm being this, that and the other. But one day they'll wake up. One day they'll turn around and they'll see the light. And how do I know this? I know this because it's happened to me time and time and time again. That there's the triggering effect that goes on. And years later, people come back to me and say, I'm really sorry for the way I behaved actually what you were saying really triggered me or actually it made me think about this, that and the other and I've made changes in my life. And I don't attribute that to, you know, to me being some kind of prophet. I just say that a spirit moves through me and when I feel impassioned about something and I don't hold back, I know that's when that, the energy and the fire of that creates change. And I feel that that's part, some way part of who I am. But of course there's other aspects to who I am and why I'm here. So it's for you to start to discover why are you here and what fires you. And if, and if this is something, if this is an area of your life that you're unclear on, please drop me a line because I have a huge amount of passion for this area of work and, um, and look into the life purpose work because I, I truly believe it's life changing. The next one is to start to create the life that you want. So what tends to happen is that we wait, we wait for that partner. When I'm with my twin flame, when I'm with my beloved, then we'll have the house, then we'll have the company, then we'll have the friends, then we'll have the lifestyle. But it doesn't work like that anymore. I think there was a time in our history when that's what, what happened, is that the two individuals waited very patiently and they did their inner work and they did their spiritual work. And then they came together and everything exploded and it was this wonderful joint venture. But I think what we're being asked to do now is to start to create that life for ourselves and hope that somewhere along that path, the, the, the paths are going to, to meet up again. And I think this is especially potent for women. I tend to have more female clients than I do male clients. And most of the female clients that come to me for sacred union work say the same thing. The man that they felt was their beloved got scared and ran away. And now how, what are they meant to do? How are they meant to build this life that they, they could envisage in, with, with their beloved? They know that the two of them are meant to create this life together. And yet he seems completely on another dimension, like just off doing something else. Now, I never comment on whether, whether someone is someone else's beloved or twin flame or not. But what I can say is that if you have a vision for the life that you want to lead, then you have to start leading it now. 
And it might be hard to do that because of finances or, you know, just because you feel that you're doing it on your own, but you're not doing it on your own. You'll be doing it in partnership with spirit and with your higher self. And as you step out on that road and you continue to build the life that you want, whether it's the work that you want or the friendships that you want or, you know, the kind of conversations that you want to be having, keep moving towards that and moving away from the stuff that that depletes you. Keep building it and keep building that life. And eventually at some point, you will be matched in that space by the other half in your life that also wants the same. And the final thing is around, it's sort of a, it's a two, it's a double-edged thing. It's about letting go, but also addiction. And I think the two kind of go hand in hand because there's something about addiction, which is about not letting go. You know, addictive personalities mean that we don't let go that we get stuck in a groove whether it's a groove of doing drugs or an alcohol or you know sex or pornography or stealing or whatever it is we get addicted to a certain way of being whereas letting go is about surrender and it's about going with the flow being in the moment allowing things to transpire for us I think as long as we're doing the other stuff as long as we're doing the other you know top nine that I've just dished out and we're working on ourselves and we're mindful of what we're putting into our bodies and we've got our spiritual practice and we're making peace with the past and all of that good stuff, then at some point we have to let go because otherwise this just becomes another addiction, an addiction to get to be with our beloved. At some point we've just got to let go and live life and enjoy it and trust that when we least expect it, that's when we'll meet. And so we can't be expecting to have that moment of least expectation we just have to be living our lives those are my top 10 tips um interspersed with me battling this cough that suddenly developed so i do apologize for that but um i hope that's given you some inspiration the sacred union work is something that i love deeply and um if you feel that you'd like some help with this please just hop onto the website it's sacredspacehealing.org that's sacredspacehealing.org and you can book in for a transformation call or a sacred union call or even have a look at the life purpose work but I really hope that you find some inspiration in those top 10 tips and please feel free to drop me a line um, with any observations uh, in your journey Uh, the email address is amber at sacredspacehealing.org that's amber at sacredspacehealing.org until the next time so it is and so it shall be